Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Unapologetically Different Podcast. This is season six finale, episode 48. I'm your co-host, Key. And I'm your co-host, Coach P. And this is going to be a good episode today as we have a very inspirational guest who we can't wait to introduce. There are people out there who wish the world was better and those who are out there being the change. And that's what our guest is all about, action and making a difference. Our guest's mission is to help young women successfully navigate the trajectory of their lives. In 2018, Forbes named her one of the top women dedicated to helping the next generation of leaders find their calling. She runs her own marketing firm called 617 Creative, which brings her forward-thinking approach to millennial engagement to clients and students alike on a larger scale. And she executed college tours for Carol's Daughter, Lionsgate Film, and a host of other brands. And not only is our guest a sought-out speaker spreading the importance of career planning and good mentorship to high school and college students across the country, she's also launched Reservation for 10, a dinner series which offers college students interested in media careers the opportunity to learn from established professionals in an intimate setting. She also launched a nonprofit called Girl Wonder, which acts as a catalyst giving rise to ambitious girls and young women between the ages of 16 to 21. I ain't finished yet. <laughs> <laughs> Girl Wonder provides resources while teaching our girls how to leverage those tools to facilitate their personal and professional goals. The program targets forward-thinking young women seeking to identify and explore their purpose through mentorship and objective alignment. But most importantly, she's from the Bronx, so you know what time it is. Y'all know what time it is. Bronx is in the building. All day, all day, every day. I, I see you, BK. I, I gotta throw it out there. Sorry. Welcome to the show Tola <laughs> hey guys I'm listening to this intro and I'm like yo who are they talking about that's me wow I did all of that that's great when you're out there just grinding putting in the work making a difference sometimes you just got to take a step back and be like oh that's all me my father's Nigerian so it's never enough you know what I mean like I'm always thinking I'm not doing enough I'm not doing it I'm not doing you know what I'm supposed to be doing but hearing that I'm like oh shit maybe I did do a little something, something. <laughs> a little something something that's the understatement you're doing a lot Thank and we you. do commend and appreciate the work that you're doing especially for the community it's a really big deal so we do appreciate all the work that you're doing so welcome to Unapologetically Different Podcast we're about Thank to get you. into it yes let's go I'm just gonna jump right into it because like I was telling you before we actually started the recording I was like doing a deep dive into all the things you're up to and Girl Wonder I just thought was an amazing project. So can you describe to us what Girl Wonder is and like what inspired you to create it? Girl Wonder is my baby. Um, what inspired me to do it? Uh, one day, it was 2015, one of my sorority sisters called me. Uh, she was the director of student life at the current high school that I work at. And she was like, listen, I need some help with these girls. Can you create a program or something for me, um, you know, for them to participate in? I was like, okay. Um, and in my past life, I was a serial domain hoarder. So I had the domain Girl Wonder <laughs> from like 2010. <laughs> But I never did anything with it. So I was just like, all right, well, let me do something with Girl One. This is a cute little name. Like, what can I create? Um, so I got the logo done. I got the site done. I uh, came up with some curriculum um, for the girls. And it was a Saturday program. So I was trekking from Westchester, the Westchester Bronx area, all the way down to Brooklyn, about two, three Saturdays out of the month. And the girls were showing up. And I was just like, okay, we might have something here. And then I got offered a job at the same high school. And I was like, okay, this is cool. When I got there, um, this, the juniors and seniors were like, are you Miss Tola? Are you bringing back Girl Wonder? And I was like, oh, so there's a demand. All right, cool. Let me really 
put some put something behind yeah. us. Um, so we're turning three next year, and I'm working with my fourth cohort of girls now, and I'm wow. like super excited. I just had a thank you. I just had a meeting with uh, an all girls school network. I, I won't say the name right now, but I just okay. had a meeting with them today to have girl wonder programming and curriculum in their schools. So I'm like Ooh. super excited about that. That's really cool, right? Yeah, to you. have that push forward, especially in the school systems where there's a lot of red tape. So it's like really difficult to bring those things forward. Um, so you recently held your first um, GWLA and looked like a major success. So congratulations on that. Can Thank you tell you. us more about the event? So this summer we kicked off um, our inaugural Girl Wonder Leadership Academy. And I wanted to use it as an opportunity to take girls um, to professional settings and like corporate companies so they could see women of color in leadership roles, people that look like them, um, and just expose them to what like the professional world looks like. I would love to say that this has been like, I've been planning this for months and months. I literally like plan this in like two, three weeks. <laughs> um, and I have a really bad habit of doing things like that only because I know I can execute, but yeah. it's really not. Uh, good practice but um you know we put this together in two weeks we started out at Atlantic Records and one of my mentors Lanre Gaba she's like the greatest woman on earth um she's like head of a and R at Atlantic put me in touch with Craig Kalman's assistant and she just set up a whole day's worth of informationals with every power player in the building um and that it was the first day but it was so impactful for me because I actually saw an idea come to fruition and that day one of the girls she was we had we had 15 girls and one girl was sitting there and she just looked so uncomfortable and I took her outside I'm like what's wrong with you why do you look like this and she just started crying I'm like oh god what happened what did I do and she's like I feel like I don't belong here I'm like why would you say that like in Mm -hmm. my mind I'm like damn what did I do like what 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 happened and she's like I applied for so many internships over um, she's a she's a senior at St. John's. She's like, I applied for so many summer internships and I got rejected from all of them. But Girl Wonder was my first yes. And then I started crying because I'm soft. Yeah. <laughs> I started crying. And I was like, you absolutely belong here. Now go in there and you take your copious notes. And I was just like, and then she was like the star of the week. Like she was asking all these amazing questions, super, super engaged. Um, So yeah, we started out at Atlantic and we ended up the last day was at the mayor's office. Sweet. Um, it was at Viacom, uh, NBC, and one day we had like our own little powwow just to like get to know each other and you know build a little sisterhood. And okay, it was great. That's, oh, that's really dope. dope. The first, Thank you. The first internship she got into, she was just in the room with all these power players. Like yeah. probably would have not gotten that anywhere else. So yes, true. that's amazing. Thank you. So your website states that it's your mission to assist in the holistic development of youth through self care, self image development, empowerment, and community service initiatives. Can you describe what it means to be holistic for some of our listeners that may not know what that means? So for a while I was beating myself up because I felt like Girl Wonder didn't have a niche, you know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like black girls code. It wasn't like girls code, girls who code. Um, And I'm like, ugh. Like, I got to figure out what our, like, focal point is going to be. Yeah. But I'm like, well, who's focusing on the development of our girls holistically before we even send them out to the professional world? I was like, that's what I'm going to do because I work with them. So I see how impressionable they are and just like all the help that's needed and like the conversations that's needed. So I'm going to focus on helping build them internally in addition to professional development. But I really want to focus on our young girls knowing who they are before we even send them out to college and like internships and, you know, the real world. 
Okay. Nice. I love it. Thank um. You. So out of the five pillars, is there one that you think is slightly more important that allow others to fall into place? If so, which one? I think they're all important, but I think right now we're in this like this space where self-care trumps all. Self-care should absolutely oh, yes. trump all because you can't pour from an empty cup, right? This is um, true. That yeah. At 36, I'm still working on my self-care. You know, you want to give, give, give to so many people and you leave yourself you know, empty um, yeah. and, and you're no good to people. So I wanted, I want us to focus more on the self-care component. So I would say that one is the most important one to me right now. Clearly oh. good black don't crack because you, you said 36, <laughs> I thought you were like, like 24 nothing, years old. I did that on purpose because people are always shocked <laughs> when I, I say I'm 36. Like, I was like, wait, hold on. I, I have to check <laughs> Peel it back head, a little bit. Just a little, 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 little bit. bit. Hold on. Just I, a little I think bit. that's up the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. It's funny that you said that because we talk about self-care a lot on this show and it's definitely something that it's very powerful. Like what are some of your ways that you provide self-care to yourself? Uh, I don't. I j literally just started getting into medical massages and that's only because when I went to the doctor, he told me that my back was between concrete and cement, whichever one was hardest. And he said that I had like a lot of stress in my back and I'm like, well, I drive two hours to work two hours from work and like I have 400 you know students 400 needy students who need yeah. me um you know on yeah. Needy. <laughs> yeah you know what I mean so I was just like I don't even know what self-care is before I got this job I was running every day like I was in the gym and when I started this job I was just like there's no time but you know I've been getting medical massages what, else? what is the difference between regular massages and medical massages I don't even know. Okay. I okay. just go to a medical place and they give me a massage and they give me trigger point injections to kind of loosen up the stress bumps or the knots in your back. Okay. Um, but is it like, I never heard of stress going to the back and I'm glad you spoke to this. Do you feel anything on your end? Like, would you have known if you hadn't went to the doctor or is it like some things are happening and you're like, there's something really wrong with my back? So, no. I, <laughs> the funny thing is one of my coworkers uh, was like rubbing my shoulders one day and she was like, you mad tense. I was like tense I thought that was muscle like I legit thought that was oh, muscle wow. I swear to God yeah. I thought it was muscle back there she was like no sis it's not supposed to be this hard and I was just like oh I didn't know that yeah. so I, I didn't know that stress could like you know form in your back or like I, I didn't know what stress looked like I think because we operate at such high levels of stress we do not know when we're stressed yeah. you know I've been mm -hmm. on the go since I was like 15, 16 you know so I don't know what it's like I don't think I'm stressed. If you ask me if I'm stressed, I'll absolutely say no. Some days are better than others, but I'll say no, I'm not stressed, but my body says otherwise. Right. So I think it's important that we learn to listen to our bodies, even mm -hmm. if our brains tell us otherwise. Yeah, sometimes you got to take a step back and just kind of evaluate. And like you said, when you're really operating at that high level and you're just dealing with that on a regular basis, mm -hmm. you don't even realize that you need someone on the outside to come in and just point that out for you. Because I've definitely been in that same situation where I started a new job, putting in lots of hours, my health started suffering for it, and the stress was just deteriorating my mm -hmm. health. So sometimes you gotta be able to step back and I'm glad that you're you're on that journey right now. Yeah. Because like you. you said, you wanna have your cup full so you could just keep giving back and making that difference. Yeah. And speaking of your cup full, um you're really making a difference to these young women. Can you tell us what you like your legacy to be in the long run? I don't even know. Honestly, like I don't know, I just wanna create safe spaces for young girls of color. Mm -hmm. I'm also dabbling like TV and films. So I want to create content and things that put us in a good light. You know what I mean? Okay. And just telling the stories of young brown girls, brown boys, 
I don't really know. I think that's a question that I should ask myself and like come up with an answer. All right. No, I respect <laughs> that. And um, your mom is one of your major motivators. So can you describe why um, that's the case and who else you draw motivation from? Um, my mom is my best friend. Like, I love legit. that. She's I'm a, my, I'm a mama's boy too. Yeah, I'm a mama's <laughs> girl. Like, she is my favorite person. But have you world. always been a mama's girl? Because growing up, my mom was a little. Mm, no, nah, my now, mom is cool. I love like me and her. No, nah, so I grew up in a really interesting household, and I can say this now. I can talk about it now. I mean, I can talk about it anytime. But uh, my father's Nigerian, so he's an immigrant, and like his way of discipline was like extremely different from my mom's. My mm. mom's American from Virginia, and my house was crazy. Like. My father was like the little mean devil on the show that my mom was always just trying to like keep me together and keep me peaceful. Like I went to a Catholic school in the Bronx. I was up. I was perfect. I was fine. What school you went to? I went to Spelman. Oh, you went to Spelman? I went to Spelman. Wow. Class 07. Okay, oh we're having God. a moment. No, this is a real moment. We ain't pretending this right now. Oh my God. We got to connect. All right. All right. Let's bring it back. Okay, okay. Let's bring it back. This is for the culture. All right. We going to bring it back. Shout out to Miss Faulkner. Word, Terry. <laughs> um, so yeah, like my mom, she would always just tell me, you're not going to be 16 forever. Like my father was crazy. He was so mean. We actually just started talking again uh, last year because he hit me up on Facebook and he was pretty like consistent with it. And then, you know, I just responded. But my mom was the epitome of this perfect parent that just went to work, did what she had to do. She worked in a uh, the school district. So she was in, uh, in the leadership team in the school district. And she okay. climbed a ladder. She started out as a teacher. Um, and then she rose to uh, the district office. But like mama, I never, I have never seen my mother sweat. Like even when she hated her job. And you know, this was back in like the 90s when they introduced uh, Blackberries. Okay. She used to call it Low Jack. She hated <laughs> the Blackberry. But even when I knew she wasn't feeling her job, like you could never see it on her face. I never saw my mother sweat. I never saw my mother upset and when I was a freshman at Pace my parents got divorced and I was just like oh my god great freedom I'm like all right mom I'm coming back home and she's like no you need to stay at school because I was I was sheltered like my father wouldn't let me out of the house Spelman we got out of school at what 242 I, I had to be in the house by 315 and like, they're strict already so you yes. leaving that to go to yeah I already know yes and I live yeah. by Mount so you know I was running down Baychester <laughs> Avenue because I couldn't <laughs> I didn't want to hear anybody's mouth I needed to keep the peace as, as, as long as I possibly could but shout out um, to Mount <laughs> yeah, shout out to mom. She always just tell me you will not be 16 forever. Just, you know, just keep it together. So when I went to college and I got divorced, I was like, all right, great. I'm coming back home. And she was like, nah, you stay up there. Um, okay. She knew that that was probably just the place and space that I needed to be to yeah, grow. Yeah, be focused. Um, but I also think my mom knew that I, I wasn't going to go out here fumbling anything. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I knew... She was she was my role model. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but I'll never forget one day... I think this was the turning point. Like, of course, you 19, 20, you think you know everything. You're a college student, blah, 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 giving parents attitudes. My mother, what was I doing? I gave her attitude about something. And she spazzed on me. And she was like, listen, little girl, it's just me and you here, blah, blah, blah. And from that day on, I was like, oh, shit, she's right. Like, it's just it's me just and true. mommy. Like, she's yeah. holding me down. And and now that when I work, I'm about to cry, <laughs> working in this school, and I see, like, that's all right, honey. These kids that don't have, like, money for books. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, yo, my mother never skipped a beat. So mm -hmm. my mother told me that. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this, but my mother told me that when... When they got divorced, like she had taken some money out of 
her pension or whatever yeah. to help pay for my dad's stuff. But then when they got divorced, he didn't give her the money back. So she was like, yo, I had to put that money back. It was a huge yeah. lump sum. I'm talking yeah. like six, no, five figures. Okay. It was pretty, it was a lot. Yeah. And she was like, yeah, we were struggling, but I didn't know you that. You didn't notice. I always yeah. had clean yeah. clothes. I always had new clothes. She always took me to Costco when it was time to go back to school. I always had that check for $700 for yeah. books. Like she never skipped a beat. Yeah. So like, in this job, they're just like paying attention to that. I'm like, damn, yo, my mother is my ride or die. Yeah. Like, I can't, I'm nothing without her. Yeah. So, I've actually spoken about this before. I don't really know why it's making me cry no, today. No, it's but fine. <laughs> it is fine. Let but it yeah, out. like, my mother is my best friend. She is my favorite person. Yeah. That's really cool. I like that. That's really heartfelt. Yeah. That's really, really dope. Okay. <laughs> it's cool. Don't mind me. I'm, no, no, I'm, no, no. I'm a crybaby. It's fine. No, no, no. I appreciate that. I'm emotional too, so I completely <laughs> understand where you're coming from. And then, like you said, to bring it back in terms of being in the school systems and seeing these younger kids, like, I feel like when I see them on the train selling for candy, I'm like, I get it. Yeah. Y'all are like building little entrepreneurs, but... Even that, it's like I wasn't in a position where, and I'm not shitting on any of these kids out here. Dude. I give to them when I see them on right. the train more than anything. Like, you know, the package be like two for a dollar. I give them a dollar for one. He'd be like, why? I'd be like, cuz, just take it. Like, or I give more. But I give because I'm like, yo, y'all are really out here trying to make ends meet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you shouldn't be doing that at this age. Yeah. And I find it to be really sad. So to kind of bring that full circle, like, yeah, growing up and seeing that, your parents were struggling. Even me, I was struggling, but like I didn't really see that aspect of it fully because my my mom or dad would like kind of hold it down to some degree. But to see these kids now, how they coming up, it's sad. Sometimes I get choked up when I see some things. I'm just like, really? But it's good that you have that heartfelt. And also when you realize and recognize what your mom did, I think a lot of us, we forget that growing up. Like Absolutely. if they're working two, three jobs yeah. and now... You know, we grown and we got jobs and we coming home and cooking and stuff. I'm like, yo, how did my mom do all of that? I'll be wild tired. I'll be like, nah. So Netflix and chill and we about to get some pizza. Because, you know, to come home and do all of that and to see them do it, like work full-time jobs and then come home and be moms and do double duty. It's, I feel you. Yeah. yeah. I don't do anything when I go home. I literally like shower and get in my bed. I mean, you so busy. You got a lot going on. Like, what can you do when you go home? I'm like, not that busy. Don't believe the hype. I'm not that busy. So I, I love how you talked about the safe spaces. Uh-huh. So last year you did a talk about diversity inclusion at Lafayette University. Can you explain to our listeners why it's so important to have diversity inclusion, especially in this socio-political climate? That question actually baffled me. I was like, how did you even find that? How did you find that? <laughs> we, um, we, we do our research. Clearly. <laughs> um, so I was inspired by this quote by Verna Myers, who is now the diversity and inclusion, maybe like the VP of diversity and inclusion at Netflix. Okay. Um, And she said, diversity is being invited to the party. Inclusion is being asked to dance. And right. Let that marinate for a minute. Mm -hmm. And she said that in terms of like um, related to the professional world, but I was also like, this can absolutely be applied to, Schools, universities, you know, a lot of PWIs, um, you know, are giving full rides to students of color to diversify their student body. But how are you including these babies? You know, so like the professional world, what affinity groups do you have? What organizations do you have on campus? What support systems do you have on campus that, you know, that's ushering our students in and making them feel comfortable when you know that they are up against some of the craziest experiences 
Mm-hmm. You know, like what what are you doing to make sure that, yeah, they're invited to, they're invited to, they're accepted into, but how are you including them and making sure that they're finishing and, and reaching the finish line like the rest of their yeah. years? So nice. I love <laughs> Thank that you. quote. That's definitely no. a gem right there. Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> so you've been featured in Forbes, NBC, Black Enterprise, 20, 2190 and more. Can you share which feature meant the most to you and what's that experience been like receiving all these accolades and acknowledgement? Miss, I ain't so busy. <laughs> <laughs> um, right. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think they're all important to me. I mean, I know they're all important to me. Um, what is it like? I oftentimes, I don't know if this is humility or what, but I'm oftentimes like, I'm afraid to put things up because, you know, the peanut gallery is always talking in the background. Of so course. I'm always like, do I post this? But then when you post it and you get all your supporters, like I have so many digital friends, all my Instagram friends, like they ride or die. Yeah. But I'm always worried about. The naysayers. The naysayers. The nobodies. I mean, yeah, but it's still hurtful sometimes. That's true. um, I mean, it's cool. You know, I I always feel like there's work to do. Like, I need need Oprah to know who I am, and then I'll feel a sense of accomplishment. You know what I mean? Like, there are so many other things I want to do, but until Oprah knows my name, Hmm. um, until Issa is, you know, hosting (laughs) my gala or something like that, like, I I feel like there's always, always going to be work to do. So, they're cool. I love it. I totally appreciate it. Um, It it helps build my, like, community and my audience and, like, people are really paying attention. But I thought I was, I used to be so big on Instagram and posting every day in quotes and now I'm just like I'll delete it you know for two weeks at a time because I'm like I'm, I'm getting distracted um it's very distracting but you're so upholding a nonprofit, so you kind of have to be connected in that aspect right yes and no I don't I don't handle the uh, girl wonder page shout out to Lexi Lexi <laughs> handles the page um so when I delete it I know she'll she'll handle it but like I haven't touched the Instagram page in a while but I'm always just like there's so much work to do it's almost like Little Wayne right so of course everybody's blasting the Carter Carter Five just drop. I gotta listen to that joint. It's so good. <laughs> um, but how long did Little Wayne take between the Carter Five, Carter Four, and Carter Five? Yeah. Like if he was off the radar, like he wasn't doing anything. So I feel like sometimes you gotta take, you gotta completely disappear off the radar and just really like get in there and get the work done. And when you come back, you come back with the Little Wayne Carter Five. No, like, you're right. Yeah, there was this quote from Drake where he said. Basically, he likes to just go in the studio, put his head down and get worked on. Everyone else is partying, having fun Mm -hmm. and just trying to be out there in front of the cameras to look good for everyone. He's actually grinding and putting in the work. And then while you're putting your head down grinding, when you actually do come up for air and you look around and you see the body of work that you've actually accomplished, that's when all the real accolades all the praise is gonna come yeah he's not worrying about just trying to make FaceTime he's like I know what I'm trying to do and he's just putting the work so yeah I feel like I'm about to go in that mode one quarter I'm about to disappear on people that normally happens around the fall and winter I know this is dude that you say you're gonna disappear for six months I was like I do that just (laughs) come back strong and better whatever works for you absolutely um so what is the process like in creating a nonprofit organization and what are some tips can you provide to our listeners you know People think that creating a nonprofit is hard. It's actually not hard. Sustaining the nonprofit is hard. Creating a nonprofit is actually pretty easy. Okay. Um, I mean, you go through, you have to incorporate it like you incorporate a regular business, right? 501c3. Okay. Um, you have to make sure you have a team. You fill out uh, a sheet, uh, send it to Albany. They approve you, and then you can file for um incorporation, but you have to have some bylaws. And there are templates for bylaws anywhere on the internet. Um, and it's actually doing the work that's the hardest part. So starting the organization is not hard, but doing the work. And then when you start to get funding, 
um, you know, keeping the numbers in your books. I heard that was ridiculous, but we don't have any money, so I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Everything comes out of my pocket. So I just look at my bank account or like look at the girl wonder bank account. But that that's probably the hardest because you get audited. They want to see that stuff. They want to see how you're spending the money. And every dollar has to be accounted for. So So with that being said, like you said, it's starting out for the team. How many people did you start off with when you started this whole nonprofit? Me, Jessica, Lauren. Shout out to Lauren and Jessica. Uh-huh. Um, three or four, and they're still here. Okay. <laughs> We're okay. growing. We're growing. People are, like, coming out of the woodworks wanting to help us. And I'm just like, thank you, God. And even though you said that, it was you're tapping into your personal finances. So how does that, like, how is that, like, helping your organization, like, move forward in terms of, like, when do you plan on getting more funding where you don't have to tap into your personal? You expect that to be the same. So uh, I'm telling secrets now. This week, we actually got two checks. Okay. Um, so it's, Yeah, it's coming. Secure it's the coming. bag. We, do, we did our first fundraiser last year on Giving Tuesday, right okay. after Black Friday and okay. Cyber Monday. I see Giving what you did Tuesday. there. So after you do all your shopping you give to your organization mm. oh I like um, that yeah and it's a thing I didn't just make that up you know yeah okay um, oh I didn't know yeah no I didn't make that up it's a thing giving oh, wow. Tuesday absolutely check the hashtag so it's for like all nonprofits. yeah Everyone, oh wow absolutely. I didn't know that so um we did this last year and of course like I I guess it's a pride thing right I, I was so afraid to ask um but I was like you know what F it let me just do this and surprisingly, my, my, my mother, well, no, I knew my mother was going to support, but she yeah. supported in a big way. And then mm-hmm. people just, you know, they were donating and I was so shocked. So that money actually lasted us up until the Leadership Academy. Um, and then I did another fundraiser for a couple thousand dollars just to get the girls through the um, Leadership Academy. Um, and I like to buy swag. We have jackets. Like, I love stuff like that. I All the, the para. The pin. Yeah, yeah, our pin. Oh, I forgot to bring you it's fine it's cool no worries I'll send them to you (laughs) Um, we have pins I just ordered some cups we have notebooks sweaters shirts actually gonna start a girl wonder shop on the site oh sweet Um, but the jackets are not available those are not for sale okay Um, so yeah I'm just trying to think of like what other revenue streams so I don't tap out and exhaust my community you know Um, but we did apply for a pretty big grant uh, in late August we're just waiting to hear back so hopefully we get something okay cool so one of my favorite shows is Insecure and I love like the the shirts that Issa wear I feel like they're very underrated they're all I really like it because he applauded a Lawrence high. But it's all right, though. Yeah, he a fuck boy for real, girl. I'm saying. We can talk about that after the show, though. We're going to have to edit that out. (laughs) I love it. But... When you were talking about all the swag, and I was just thinking, and you mentioned Issa earlier, I'm like, we need Issa at the Girl Wonder like for, for the Leadership Academy Absolutely. for next year. I can see, I can see her rocking the shirt or the jacket on oh the show. Oh my god, Issa, speak it into existence. Yes, Facts. let holler, that happen. Facts. <laughs> um, so, where do you see Girl Wonder in the next five to ten years? So Girl Wonder is going to be one of, if not the largest organization for young girls of color that helps usher them into like self-awareness, leadership, community and professional development. We're going to have chapters um, in every major city. Um, what else? I like the ideas of chapters. That's really dope. Yeah, that's what I call them now. We have like <laughs> one chapter. We have two chapters, one in Syracuse and one in my high school. 
Um, and we're going to launch our collegiate chapters. And then Oprah is going to be on our advisory board. Mm. She's going to write us a check for $2.3 million. Put it into existence. Put it into existence. (sighs) Oprah cut my check too. I'm just saying, let's put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I honestly haven't thought about like the five year and ten year plan. That's something I'm, I've just been so busy like trying to execute now, now, now. Yeah, that I need to sit down and really think. Yo, where do I really want this to be in five years, in ten years? Like, that is a good question. But I would like those things to to come into fruition. Come is that fruition. something you plan on doing with the team that you have in terms of cultivating a plan moving forward and having a five to ten year plan? Or oh, absolutely. More? We actually have a meeting tomorrow. Okay, <laughs> on Saturday. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we have a big meeting tomorrow. We're planning out the the whole 2019 programming year. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Can you share what it's taken you to get to this point of success and describe what obstacles, setbacks, or difficulties you might have faced? Nothing, which is why, like, sometimes I'm like, man, I don't deserve this. Like, what? It, it, it's falling in my lap, you know? Like, so I don't know if you know, my background is entertainment and uh, marketing and branding. So this kind of fell in my lap, and I, I, I pay attention to how fluid things happen. You know, if you if you have to um, force things, then maybe that's not the door for you. But everything with Girl Wonder has literally fallen in my lap. And I know it's God just telling me this is what my purpose and this is where he wants me to be yeah. at the moment. So I can't even tell you, I have not run into any difficulties. Like all my difficulties are internal. Like Tola, you're not checking the email or Tola, you're not responding to these people fast enough. Yeah. But literally we've gotten emails from Miss Universe, Miss Teen USA wants to do something with us. Um, you know, school, the Department of Education reached out to us to bring Girl Wonder into their schools where I told them they got to wait a minute because I'm not really ready for for that jump but like there has there has not been any anything other than like funding but like I have I have a job so yeah, yeah. you know who needs food I don't need food who needs, <laughs> who needs cable I, cable I mean noodles and noodles is three for a dollar yeah absolutely <laughs> I could survive on that but like I haven't we have not met any like opposition no hearts like god is just like this i'm gonna give these things to you and if you don't take them i'm gonna give them to somebody else but everything keeps falling into my life nice. i love that yeah that's really dope um can you speak to um now that you're of a particular age and you're doing all of this great work and working with these younger women what are some valuable lessons you would share with your younger teenage self with my teenage self yeah Prior to the Spellman days. Prior to the Spellman <laughs> days. Um, totally, you you are creative, but you're going to have to learn how to finish the things that you start. Okay. You know, definitely finish what you start. Be impeccable with your word. That's from the Four Agreements. If, if oh, you've never read yes, it. Yes, we're actually part of our book list. Yeah, absolutely. Be impeccable with your word. If you say you're going to do something, make sure you do it. Um, you know, those are things that I like, I pay attention to now at my age, but... I definitely would have told myself that okay. in my early years. And what are some characteristics and traits you've noticed in some of these young girls that you are parallel to your younger self? They're hungry. They want to win. You know, they yeah. want to be the cool girls. They want to be a part of something. You know yeah. what I mean? Something good, something that feels good, something that's um, bigger than them. You know, they just want to participate and, and be included in amazing things. And be visible. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. And what ways have those young girls changed you since like starting all your conversations? (laughs) They must have changed you. They absolutely did. I have to pay attention to, I have to be very conscious of like what I'm saying and what I'm doing, what I'm putting out on social media. Even though like I'm not crazy, like I don't do anything crazy and things like that, but I'm oversensitive now. I'm hyper, hyper sensitive about how I'm presenting myself because I'm like, you can't be the face of an organization that 
you know, is looking to take our girls from point A to point B. This is true. Without being there yourself. So if mm-hmm. I'm saying you have to look a certain way or put yourself together or speak a certain way, I have to make sure that I'm, I'm on my toes, you know, because they're paying attention. They're listening to everything, even if they don't comment. Yeah. They're paying attention to everything Miss Sola does. OK. And can you speak to like what if our listeners want to get involved with your organization, how can they go about doing so? Yeah, shoot us an email at hi at girlwonder.org. Um, go to the site. There is um, on the contact us page. You can drop your information there. I promise I'll respond or Lexi will respond or somebody will respond. But we're, you know, and also being patient with us because we're fleshing out, you know, some some new components right now. But um, yeah, or you can reach out to us on the Instagram page. It's G-Y-R-L wonder, girl okay. wonder. Um, but yeah, we're everywhere. Yeah, we'll definitely include all that information in the show notes so people will be able to check out the episode and definitely click on all the all the contacts to find you. Thank you. So what are some lessons you've learned being an entrepreneur? <laughs> entrepreneur, that's such a funny word. Um, I don't know where, I, I don't remember where I was, but I was telling somebody that I'm the entrepreneur that needs a nine to five. Like I can't, I can't do it. And also, like at one point I was working um six one seven creative full time, but I realized there are two parts of being an entrepreneur, right? There's executing the ideas, marketing and branding. There's creating the the marketing decks, but executing. But there's also the business development. I suck at the business development. That's like running, going out there and chasing the next client. Um, okay. So after that big Carol's daughter tour, I did, I didn't have a follow-up client. So while you're executing one, you should be looking for the next client. I was horrible with that. And I was just like, yeah, no, this is not going to work for me. So while I do love being an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur since I was like 12 years old. And my mom was my first investor, which is why she's my homie. But um, shout out to mom. mom. Um, I realized that like entrepreneur is cool. Like everybody, you know, wants to be an entrepreneur, but that shit is hard. It's not easy. (laughs) You have to hunt to eat. to it. Yeah, it is not easy at all. And and if anybody tells you it it is, they're lying to you. Like I'm so realistic with myself. Yes, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm the entrepreneur with a regular job. Is it always going to be like this? Probably not. My friends don't think I can work for people for the rest of my life, but I'm just like right now, Today, yeah. I need to. And I'm, I'm okay with that. But, like, you can't take that entrepreneur title away from me. I've no. been creating businesses since I was 12 years old. I, I am an entrepreneur, but I just have a regular, I have a side hustle. My yeah. nine to five is my side hustle, you know? It's your side hustle. Yeah. I'm glad that you made that a point because basically what you're doing outside the scope of your nine to five is priority. And your nine to five is a side hustle. And kind of keeping that in perspective, how do you juggle everything? Like, you know, when you have all of that going on, do anything fall short or doesn't um, get done? Yeah, girl, wonderful short sometimes. Like the last couple of weeks, I've, I I have a new boss. So the last couple of weeks, I've really been like honing in on my job just because I'm like, when you have a new boss, things have to be tight. People are paying attention to you. Um, but I, I don't know. I just get it done. You know, I don't really know how, but it just has to get done, you know, especially when you have people to report to right. and yeah. they have people to report to. So if you don't do your job, it makes them look bad. And then yeah. we're all going to have a problem. And I need to keep this job to fund Girl Wonder. So okay. it just it gets done. It's a lot of time management, a lot of time management organization. You definitely got to 
work on the organization. All right. So um, the Me Too movement has encouraged women to come forward and speak about their sexual assault incidents and hold their accusers liable. Finally, um, since your organization is catered to young women, has there been times where these incidents come to surface in some of your forums and sessions? And if so, what ways have the organization tried to tackle those issues and provide a safe space for these young ladies? Yeah, last year um, we did a program called Talk To Me Nice. Um, <laughs> I don't like the way these kids talk to each other. And it goes both ways, but I really wanted the boys and the girls in my school to just like understand the ways that they're supposed to be treating each other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, if a girl says no, it means no. It doesn't mean no. <laughs> With a giggle, now nah, it means no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. understand that. And also to my girls, like, do not put yourself in situations where you have to feel like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Don't do that. Um. So yeah, we did that last year. I'm actually looking to expand that and bring it back this year but okay. on a, a larger level um i think the title was pretty pretty catchy and i just like i want to work on more like more conversations like that okay you know because they don't know how to talk to each other they don't know how to treat each other um and they think this is love they think this is like how relationships are based off of a lot of things that they see on tv or like what they may see in the home and yeah. i'm just like no this is not it this is not healthy yeah there are healthy examples of you know what relationships and yeah. consent looks like no this is true so speaking of the me too movement Toronto Burke started the movement back in 2006 before it became a global phenomenon. The media depicted Alyssa Milano as the creator of it, but that just wasn't the case. So what was your take on that? And you were also present at the Black Girls Rock Awards show. Can you speak to what that experience was like for you and how Toronto Burke's speech resonated with you? Um, It's a lot of questions. It is a lot of questions, <laughs> but I've, I got time. I got time. Um, so (laughs) Tarana Burke, Alyssa Milano. Um, I think that at first when, when I heard that, I was just like, Oh, here we go. More appropriation of our ideas, of our concepts of Mm -hmm. everything that we are. Right. But then, you know, just doing a deeper dive in it literally, like, I don't think Alyssa Milano was running with it. She literally tweeted something on a day and then like, it just, you know, went all over the place. And and then it was like a a media misstep to say that it was hers when it had already been created. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that her acknowledging that, you know, it it had already existed when she was educated on that kind of helped usher in like this wave of like media attention that um, Tarana Burke surely deserves. Um, And she's from the Bronx too. So shout out to the Bronx. Shout out. (laughs) Yes, we in the building. Yeah, always. Um, So, you know, just the, the turn of events from that, um, and, and the year that she's had. Um, and yeah, I was at Black Girls Rock. And between her uh, speech and Lena Waithe's speech, I was like in tears. As a matter of fact, Lena Waithe was first. And I was like boo-hooing as soon as. <laughs> I like, love I was her. Like, I can't even deal. Like there was yeah. so much magic in there. Um, and this is my second time being there. But for some reason, this year was like super, super magical. And I think it was just like the impact of the people that were there. Yeah. Um, and then the speeches. And just like sometimes you're in a different space in life. And like things that people are saying resonate with you a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, so to hear her talk about, you know, our resilience. Talk mm-hmm. about our resilience as black women. Yes. And how, you know, we go through stuff. And like it's okay to like acknowledge these things. And reach back and pull forward and like support your sisters. Um, and then to hear Lena say, you know, this time for us to break free. Break free of all the things that no longer serve you. You know, which is why she comes. Mm-hmm her hair I was just like oh my god yes be free you know so it was it was a lot it was really a lot but I'm all for this movement you know and it it challenges me to think of how I can incorporate more of this conversation within Girl Wonder it's really really you know touchy you know because I do have a lot of students and some students have confided in me um, at my high school that have been victims of it so I'm just like I need to usher in this conversation and let them know that it happens and here are ways that we can like 
cope and like work through it yeah um but they're they're definitely not alone you know so yeah but that's good that you want to incorporate into your organization and make it a part of it. Um, speaking of Black Girls Rock, I did watch it. I love it. And mm-hmm. Lena's speech did stick with me because she did say something along the lines of not limiting yourself because of who you are, like thinking that you can't be in those rooms and those spaces because of who you are. And oftentimes I may be I may be strong and I may be like confident, but there are times where I may not go forward on something or apply for something because I'm like, I'm a black woman and I'm from the Bronx, I'm from an urban area. And, you know, I have to step out of that and not think in that aspect. So I'm glad that she brought that conversation to light in her speech. I was just like, cut that crap out, move forward and just believe in myself and what I can offer and what I can bring to the table no matter who I am what my gender race or color is so I'm glad you spoke to that and the fact that you was able to be in that room I'm so <laughs> jealous oh nah, my next God. year you in there you in there I need year. to be but in wait, there really quickly um there's this funny um meme that I, I saw on Instagram and it yeah. says may God grant me the confidence of a mediocre white man. Right? <laughs> so every now and then you just have to repeat that I to yourself. I need your, to find that. You do, but every now and then you just need to repeat that to yourself. Like, God, yes. just give me a little bit more. You know, I know I'm beyond qualified. Yeah. You know, but, you know, we second guess ourselves a lot. But, you know, here come the white mm-hmm. men who chest all out and they know they all can out. do everything, but they're not qualified at all. Facts. <laughs> I, I love that you guys are bringing up this point because I think, especially since I started doing the podcast with you, Key, like I'm really present to. It's easy to talk about white privilege, but just as a male, I have privilege in that regard too. Yes, you do. So especially in the workplace, that's something I'm really conscious of mm-hmm. now, and I try to be, I guess, a champion of that. I'm trying to support the women in my work environment because a lot of times there are women who are overqualified to do things, but either, like you said, Key, either they don't do it because there has some doubt within them. So I definitely just want to be able to support them in that. Like, if you're able to do that, I want to be backing you. I want to make sure, like, listen, have a conversation one-on-one like this. And this is something that I want to see you do. I want to see you thrive here because you deserve it. It's, like, not about favoritism. It's about being able to do the work. Yeah, who's qualified. Exactly. To do the best job. And it's kind of crazy, like, that's something that I've never thought about in the past. And, like, in the past, I would say, like, stupid things like, oh, man up, what what are you complaining about? But now I'm really present to the fact, like, Oh, he just gave you me like, yeah, yeah. yeah cause I'm raising my eyebrows yeah. at you, bro. And it's because I think just in general, you know, like you worrying about yourself every single day. So I'm looking at it as a black man in America. That's my perspective. And I just really wasn't conscious to other people's perspectives. And that's something I'm just trying to be more present to just being aware of what other people are going through at all times and then just acting accordingly so well thank god for growth <laughs> <laughs> thank god for growth facts and this podcast change you yeah, yeah, yeah. um speaking about what you want to incorporate in your organization we talk about mental health a lot on our show which is a really big deal especially in relation to the black community so a new law took effect um in new york city i'm so excited that our mental health classes are to be incorporated in all new york schools from k through 12 mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on this new law and how do you address mental health issues among the young women in your organization Listen, i'm all for it i am all for it i actually retweeted um i forgot who tweeted i think it was like cnn i retweeted it and then i put uh charter schools take note because they need it too you know like these kids are riddled with anxiety mm-hmm. like it's bad their anxiety is bad they're they're just over the not over the top but they they just 
I don't even know. Like, I've never seen anything like this before. Like, they're afraid to fail because a lot of times, like, the schools that they're in won't allow them to fail. Like, everybody tries to, like, scaffold and, like, a lot yeah. of hand-holding. So yeah. there's anxiety with, like, failing and, like, jumping into new situations. Like, when I when we send kids off to school, like, we're sending them from 100% minority network to PWIs. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of anxiety there and, yep, you know, they're, they, they're not really prepared and sometimes they don't know how to bounce back. And, and, and I see it spiraling. So it's it's from like not feeling like they belong yeah. to grades, not looking like what they're used to, to self-doubt, to anxiety, yeah. to depression. And I'm just like, whoa, this spiral, like how do we catch this? Where do we start this from? Yeah. So the fact that, you know, mental health is being introduced, reintroduced um, back to schools is amazing, amazing, amazing. And, um, you know, I feel like, Social media, as as much as people complain about social media and talk about like how it's like ruining our generations, I it, I agree with that. But I also feel like it's bringing light to a lot of issues that were like swept under the rug. You know what I mean? Yeah. Especially in minority communities. You know, to black people, to black old black families, there's no such thing as like depression. You know what I'm saying? Like mental health was never talked about. So the, the solution is pray and drink. Absolutely, cup of tea. tea. With some Lipton tea, at tea. <laughs> with some lemon in it. Like what? <laughs> a little bit of honey. It doesn't fix everything. It doesn't. But the the fact that like you know social media is bringing light to um these issues and like there are uh, you know black girl podcasts that are talking about mental health and there's the um what is that thing called the directory the black girls mental health something something i forgot what it's called but like just things like that and these resources that are being like introduced it's like oh my god yes 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 you know people are a lot more transparent talking about you know, there's sadness. You I know, think what? you mean therapy for black girls. Yes. Yeah, I heard that. That is what I mean. It's amazing. <laughs> yes, that yes. is what I'm talking about. Her voice alone calms me. I'm like, are yes. we in this? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. and just the fact that people are a lot more transparent with just sharing, not embarrassed. They're they're absolutely, you know, comfortable in sharing um what they've been through and like even if they're still going through it. Yeah. You know, and that's something that I can appreciate. Like we all need to just talk about it. That's how we get through these things. Like, stop sweeping everything under the rug. Like, it's going to disappear when now it'll fester. And yeah, you know, it's true. Definitely got to address the situation. Yeah. Jacket. Thank you. No problem. So, mm-hmm. what was the last book you read, and what are your top three must-read books? The last book I read was Barracoon. Um. <laughs> And after reading that book, I was like, yo, I'm about to take a trip. I forgot where it was. Uh, Tennessee, maybe? I'm about to take a trip down there. Like, it was it was a really good book. I read that maybe, like, August, July, August. Okay. Um, my top three books, What I Know For Sure, mm-hmm. Oprah. Okay. Um, hmm. More books to add to our book club. Yeah, Keep letting ga- us know. The mm-hmm. Game of Life and How to Play It by mm. Florence Shin. Okay. And The Bible. Like, okay. Yeah, no, right. it gets no better than that, right? Yeah, no better than that. <laughs> Facts. The original. Um, the original. Um, <laughs> I, I actually challenged myself for the last quarter of the year. I'm like, you need to le- read three more books before <laughs> before the year's over. Because I have not, you know, been in my books the way I, I used to be. So I'm just yeah. like, challenge yourself. Like, this this small challenge. I, I actually wrote a couple of things that I wanted to accomplish by the end of the year. I'm like, all right, cool. So let me read three more books. So do we have a book coming out, um, a memoir on behalf of you? I would love to write a book. That'll be dope. Yeah, I've been thinking about that for a long time, but I'm like, oof, I don't know. Why are you scared? Oh, of course I'm scared. Uh, <laughs> the naysayers? Nah, not that. I ain't worried about them. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, man. I don't know. Okay. I can start with like a, um, I wanted to start with a planner for young girls. Maybe okay. I'll start with that and then usher into like a 
book on my life. I would love to read a book about you because you've you've done such great work, especially with your organization. And this is only the beginning for you. I feel like there's more you're going to do. And I get that good energy from you. So I would love to read a book on your behalf to know what your life was like and to kind of get more in depth into details and where you're at now. And also speak about being born and raised from the Bronx because you know that's the best borough. Let's get it twisted. (laughs) I'm going to save my comment on that. Please do. Yeah. Brooklyn, you're Yeah, um, right. Um, speaking of books, uh, one I would definitely suggest is the one we read recently for our book club. Yes. It was I'm Judging You by Luvi Ajayi. And just to give you a quick, my quick um, overview on the book, I personally, I personally at first felt like she was just complaining about everything she hey, didn't yes. like in people. Yeah. <laughs> and But then I got to a point in the book where she was describing the friends that you, you have who all they do is they talk to you when they need something. So whenever mm-hmm. things are going good in their life or they need a favor or they want to sh- complain about something, they just reach out to you. But when it comes to you sharing with them, they're mm-hmm. absent in that. And I was like, oh, shit, mm-hmm. that's me. Like, mm-hmm. I do that with my brother all the time. He's like my best friend, and he complains to me about being a narcissist and mm-hmm. we'll talk for like an hour, and it's just yeah. all about me. And wow. even when he about comes, Pierre. So mm-hmm. th- one, once I got to that part of the book, I'm like, oh, shoot, like, it's happening. And that was and only the beginning. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Luckily, yeah. that was, that part was early on in the book because <laughs> it kind of shook me up. And then it started to make me really look, listen from a different perspective, mm-hmm. which I think is really important. And I really loved the book once I got through that, that initial beginning part mm-hmm. because I felt like it was a short book, but it was very piercing, very sharp. And she really gave a, a lot of great analysis on just how we operate as human beings. Like when she was talking about racism and just privilege you should listen to her um podcast too she has yeah. a podcast called jesus and jaloof with uh yvonne orgy it yeah. is the funniest mm. thing ever. yeah i believe it she's amazing oh i love my her God. Yeah. even from this book alone like i read a lot of her um like she does have a blog and stuff like that pertaining to shows and reviews and the thing that i will say pertaining to this book that i really like it was a lot of key factors and points um i like that it was short simple straight to the point there was no fluff extraness mm-hmm. just get to the point that's all i'm about when it comes to reading get to the point um she broke up her book into sections of like life culture social media and fame which i think is mm. very important in terms of life speaking about different type of friends yeah the competing friend is the one that i like it's like when you tell somebody good news and it's like oh this happened to me it's like all right pump your brakes bro like let me just be in my moment for a minute i've had a couple of those i, I had one of those I had to cut off because I'm like it ain't a competition it's like for real I wish you all the best in everything you do it's not tit for tat so I really an undependable friend the one you can't really rely on and the ones who you tell things on the surface to I I had a couple of those you don't know too deep information because you just don't know where you fully stand with that person also on Bayhood when she was reflecting on her friend who was dating a dude like the girl's super smart she got her whole life ahead of her got things going on she dating a dude who ain't shit? Um, but the dick is good. So, you know, she stuck around for that. So. Dickmatized. Dickmatized. I was like, oh, you know, you have a couple of those moments. And I was like, yo, she called it out. But I respect her for speaking about that. And the type of friend she was, like, she just told her what it was. But then she kind of, you know how friends are very 
invasive. Where it's like, you need to just end it. She kind of just gave her opinion about it and just kind of stepped back and allowed it to be what it is. Because it's like, y'all grown. Do what it do. And also part of the life part. I really did like this book when she talked about surgeries and bleaching skin. Um, <laughs> With the, the bleaching the buttholes. Yeah, bleaching the butt. I didn't even know that was a thing. I was like, who is back there to be bleaching? But whatever. It's light. It is what it is. Yeah, she um, goes into everything. She yeah. went into everything. But I liked about her speaking about bleaching skin because she's Nigerian and she spoke about it pertaining to her culture. And for me, being Jamaican, seeing that, yeah. like growing up, I saw that. I saw mm-hmm. people that I knew bleach their skin. Cake and they, soap. Cake, all of that. All yeah. of that. You know what I'm saying? The light of Michael Jackson got they got with him. Like yeah. it was just one of those things. And it's funny that she, it's not funny because when she was talking about it in the book, I was like, Yo, I remember growing up, I didn't really like my melanin because of what I saw in the media and being um, a part of my culture and seeing people bleaching their skin. I never went to that extent of doing it, but I always thought about myself if I was, like, lighter, you know, if I would have been pretty if I was lighter, especially in re- relations to hip-hop. Growing up, all them videos, light-skinned I chicks. never. R- really? Yo, how about this? My mom is light-skinned. I make fun of her all the time. I'm like, yo, light-skinned, bent out. Like, I make fun of her all the time. My mom is so light, you can see the veins, like, <laughs> in her, like, legs, and her arms. So I've never had the color, like, complex. I've always been like, all right, I'm dark skin, so what? Like, yeah. what happened? Yeah. This problem, like, yeah, you know, so no, but it's good that you had that because, like, for me growing up, it was like a problem not like it, I wanted to change fully, but it's like I always second guess myself. But mm-hmm. then, as I got older and I became college, really did it for me because when I took a lot of feminist and sociology courses, I became more cognizant of who I am and how I'm perceived to the world and my place in the world. So that's why I really like her bringing it up, and I feel like a lot of us don't. We know what goes on in our culture, but we don't talk about it. I was like, thank you for pointing that shit out. I'm like, yo, because this has been going on for, and it's still going on. Like, you know, people are still doing that. But, hey, to each their own. So that's one of the things I did like. All right. In terms of culture, when she talked about privilege principle, which goes to your point about the exercise that was done, that's what I like. Everybody was in a line. A facilitator did an exercise pertaining to oh, privilege. Oh, I've done that before. And you everyone, step forward. Yeah, you step, step forward, back. you mm-hmm. step back. And at the end of it all, the people who were at the front of the line was white, heterosexual males. And I was like, of course they would be. You know, back to the comment about being a mediocre white male mm-hmm. and kind of moving forward on something. So I'm glad that she spoke to that. And she's cognizant of her privilege, too. She pinpoints that. She was like, when I was in Nigeria, I went to a great school. I was well-known. I was popular. Now I transitioned to, came to the U.S. And the way she was treated, like, she was not treated properly she did not feel accepted and also the fact that she had to start all over again and when she finally felt accepted was when she was in college and she was around other Africans and I was like that's sad that it took for you to get to college to get to that point that definitely wasn't the case so I really appreciate her pertaining to that also social media going back to your point about the Toronto Burke thing how they kind of they were jumping ahead, claiming Alyssa Milano. Keeping in mind, journalists are not doing their jobs anymore. They're yeah. so quick to get the information out, and it's inaccurate. And then they'd be like, oh, they give you that basic apology. It's like, mm-hmm. nah, bruh, you messed up my whole life. You got to rectify this. And yeah. that's the culture where we at. They speeding to get everything out to the gram, to social media, but you're not doing your... Like, it's to the point, ever since Trump been in office, and I put this on everything, mm-hmm. I used to read the newspaper all the time in the morning just to be adapt to what's going on i have not picked up a newspaper in a while and read it because it's like to me it's like is this factual is this facts or alternative facts do i have to research three four five journalists to figure out if this is true and that's what i do if i pick a topic or think of something i'm looking at different outlets because you just don't know what to believe anymore yeah. especially with this man in office i can't i don't fully believe the news because if you listen to their rhetoric it's like they are trying to make you like him I don't even peep Fox News anymore because they're a waste of time. So that, I'm glad she spoke to that. And fame, sex tapes, 
the reality of her speaking about sex tapes, the reason why I liked it, because oftentimes people say don't do it. She was like, listen, do it, do whatever you want, but be prepared for the repercussions. Absolutely. Like a lot of people think it's going to be a Kim Kardashian fairy tale. No, you're not going to get a come up off of a sex tape. Like whether it was intentionally put out or not, like you got to be mindful of what you're putting out there and the um, mm-hmm. reactions you're going to get back in return. So I'm glad she spoke to that and also the fact that she watches porn. Hey, girl. <laughs> she kept that 100 because people don't so keep that 100. So, um, and also she ended with, and which is what I did like, is do something that matters. Pertaining to you, like you're part of your organization. I mean, not part of you. Created an organization. You're giving back to the community and you do a lot. You know, me, I'm always trying to figure out ways to give back and I'm glad she spoke about it. She was like, listen, you don't have to be a millionaire. You have to do this find a way to give back to the community and uplift other people and that's what you're doing Thank i'm so you. happy you're part of our show and that book really resonated with me on a lot of levels I'm and yeah pick that up definitely pick it up yeah definitely a must read and I, I think you ended that on a perfect note really tola we really appreciate you coming on to the show Thank dropping you. gems and just really just sharing like what your experience is like he said we definitely need that book we just got a little taste ah, of, of who you taste. are in your journey oh buddy. my life ain't the, been no crystal you know it's gonna be a page turner so facts, facts, facts. <laughs> so yes thank you so much for being on our show we appreciate it you already know what time it is and for all of you who've been following us this is season six finale like so we've been going strong for six seasons now i can't believe thank you so thank much you, thank you been on this path with pierre you know <laughs> i have my moments but i want to hurt you but it's all love facts i like the fact that our podcast is growing the way that it is and the fact that we still have not only that we have a great rapport with each other personally but professionally yeah. and also the people that we bring on our show this was one of our best seasons because we had a lot of great guests on it yeah. people who made time and to within their schedule to come out but also to provide great advice feedback and drop gems about what's going on within their profession and out and also in the real world so we appreciate that and we just want to keep it going so please follow us on this journey as we continue this is only the beginning yeah definitely once again guys thank you for tuning in we've been going strong like he said for six seasons and that's something i do really love about the show because the amazing people that we get to interview and get to meet and just learn from and grow from so it's been a journey and we're glad that you guys are on this with us and just seeing the growth giving the feedback and just connecting so i I can't wait to see what we got in store for the future but i'm stay tuned for season seven in the present right now we're just loving it right now if you have not done so already make sure you head over to the itunes store for apple users and the tune store for android users to purchase our ringtone playing in the background by searching unapologetically different and it's all silky smooth you hear that you know you want to get that ringtone uh, it's uh, not uh. <laughs> purchase it and you can also interact with us via our social media. Our Instagram and Twitter handle is unapologeticd, and you can find us on Facebook by searching unapologetically different. Lastly, you can find our show on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now Stitcher by searching unapologetically different. Stay tuned for our next episode next season. Bye. Bye, y'all.